Well, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League previews are here, and they are pretty mixed. I am seeing some positive response, some fair and hopeful responses, and I am seeing quite a few people that just did not like the game. And there is a new development from a dev at another studio, along with those who have already played the game under NDA. Now, I'm on record thinking this game will be good, a fun time to play with friends, but I've been worried that it will be judged and is already being judged against what people wanted Rocksteady to make instead of judging what they have made. But let's give the previews a look along with some claims about the NDA surrounding the game. Now, I open up the stream with a monologue. I put all the good information right here at the beginning so you don't have to go looking for it. It's a longer video. You might be wondering, like, why is this video so long? Well, I discuss these topics with the live audience, so if you like this kind of content, Be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button. That way you don't miss out on my live shows. So the previews are in for Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, and they are pretty mixed. There's good, there's bad, and there's everything in between. Some outlets had a surprisingly good time with the game, while others think they need to be a little bit more convinced with more time, and others just downright did not like the game and wish that Rocksteady had made a different video game. But there is also some info coming out about an NDA and what folks think about it and how the studio should handle it. So first, I want to look at the previews. I tried to find two good previews, two sort of fair previews and then two bad previews to give you sort of a full gamut of what people are saying. Second, I want to look at what the reaction has been. Many Rock City fans have decried the game as a fool's errand, and others are agreeing with me, saying that the game looks fun. You know, this is actually something that I could enjoy, and they're looking forward to it. Lastly, I want to give my thoughts on this. Now, I have consistently expressed my concern that this game would not be given a chance, that it would be sort of written off before it was even out, and simply because many people wanted them to build another Arkham game, or they want of them to build a non-live service game. So up first, let's look at some of the previews, okay? I'm going to start with Game Informer as one of the good previews. They left their preview session seemingly convinced and anticipating the game, and this is what they said. Emerging from my hands-on session, I feel much more confident in Rocksteady's long-awaited follow-up to its critically acclaimed Arkham series, but I still have several questions. But even with those hesitations surrounding post-launch support, game structure, and monetization efforts, I now have February 2 circle on my calendar as my overwhelmingly curiosity and anxiety have turned mostly into anticipation. Now, they also took time to look into the concerns about microtransactions since that is a typical worry from consumers when it comes to live service games. Everybody thinks, well, it's going to become pay to win or it's going to become over monetized. And this is what they had to say. When I asked the team about this, they use it as a way to hopefully clear the air a little. And this is what they said, quote, there will be completely optional cosmetic purchases for players who want to go down that route. I think the squad is a really fun group where we can create really unique cosmetics for players to to enjoy. I wouldn't want to cut content off from players behind a charge like that because I think it's a space for players to come in, play and enjoy first and foremost. Then, you know, if you want to buy some cool cosmetics to show off to your friends, that's going to be available to you. Now, given the promise to make the seasonal content and the characters free, it makes sense to lean on vanity items, on cosmetics. There is going to be seasonal content, post-launch support, characters, things like that, and that will all be completely free. And that was included in the Game Informer preview. And to me, I think it really shows confidence in the game and the product. And this is what they had to say about that content. After the main launch of the game, we'll bring out additional seasonal content post-launch. We will bring new missions, new stories, 
story. As part of completing those missions and stories, you will add those characters to the squad. You'll effectively recruit them as part of that content. That content will be completely free. No charge for the character content. You'll be able to play, then one day you'll log in and there'll be new stuff to do. You'll do that stuff and now you've got that character and you can keep playing with that character in future content. I think it's something that people will get excited about. So that is, I think, an element of the design of this game that many people might not know is that you could play it in the first month if you have a good time with the story and then you put it down. You can come back later and there's just going to be new things to do at no charge. So Game Informer seem to enjoy it and they're convinced that the game shows promise and that the post-launch content is a sign of commitment to the game. Now, another good review comes from Games Radar and they titled their review Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League Hands-On, Fast, Ferocious, and totally unhinged in a good way. And they concluded their preview by saying the following, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League came as a massive surprise to me. And this is in response, I actually think this is a response we're going to see from more people that may be not expecting to enjoy it. I have a video where I I argued, I said, I think this is going to be a good game. I think people are being very quick to write it off. Many people are going in and saying, well, it's not what I wanted or it's not what I wanted them to build. And they're judging it against that. Now, they went on to say in their conclusion, they said, Rocksteady's proven skill, passion, and dedication to authenticity means I was already looking forward to heading back into the Arkhamverse, but I didn't expect the format of an online action shooter to feel as fitting as it does. With its kinetic traversal system and joyful, colorful chaos, it's a total juxtaposition to the games that came before. But... Don't let that put you off, though. This is one anti-hero shooter that dares to have an absurdly good time and more than follows through on the promise. So, again, the format's a huge barrier for folks, but Games Radar, they were surprised at how well that it worked. That doesn't mean that everyone will feel that way, but it certainly leaves room for, I think, naysayers to be surprised and actually have a good time with it. But some outlets are not convinced. They may not be in the game's corner just yet, but they're holding out hope that it delivers. VGC titled their preview, A few hours with Rocksteady Suicide Squad isn't enough to convince. And the byline of the preview states, Rocksteady's co-op looter shooter is a long departure from its Arkham trilogy in more ways than one. And you can tell they open up their preview that expectations of Rocksteady is going to be a potential hang-up for some players. They say the following, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is, as I'm told by a Rocksteady representative, part of the Arkhamverse, but you wouldn't know that just by looking at it. And after playing it for almost four hours, I'm not sure you would know it was from the same studio behind the best superhero game trilogy ever made. Well, Spider-Man 3 is not out yet, but I do actually agree with that. I think the original Batman games, the first three Arkham's, they're fantastic. Now they conclude their preview with the viewpoint that I'm seeing echoed to other previews. Other outlets are saying they're just sort of chasing trends, and that's one of the reasons I think people might not like it. That's one of the reasons some of the previews didn't like it. They say the following, Suicide Squad is an entirely other beast, as stark as a difference as is being able to see a city in daylight, but... Being different from before doesn't mean that it's necessarily new, especially when it seems to be taking older ideas from both the open-world action of Crackdown and a loot-based approach to gear like Marvel's Avengers. They even went on to say that it feels like Rocksteady isn't really breaking new ground, they're just following others. So there's still room for VGC to enjoy the full launch, but it sounds like their preview was not convincing. Now the second, sort of more middle-of-the-road preview I want to look at comes from GameSpot, and they titled their preview Suicide Squad. Kill the Justice League is ambitious, 
but conflicted. And their concluding thoughts aren't great, but like VGC, they leave room for more potential and maybe their mind will be changed. They say the following, The idea of trying to take down the Justice League, knowing the kind of power they wield as you head into the battle against them, is a great premise. But open world missions where characters bark at you over the radio about how enemies are attacking point A or point B over and over don't seem to be breaking the mold, especially when plenty of the same kinds of content already exists or there's they basically say especially when plenty of live open world games now exist with a lot of the same content rock city may hope to define another genre with suicide squad kill the justice league but we'll need to see more to determine whether it can actually deliver on that ambition so again the issue here doesn't seem to be that the game is bad it's that it feels familiar a problem that hurt avatar frontiers of pandora and even lies of p i felt was overly criticized by the gaming press receiving lower scores than i felt it deserved and it was always because well it felt familiar or like other FromSoft games so let's look at the two previews that did not like the game now IGN leaves very little room for mystery in their preview title they say Suicide Squad killed the Justice League preview we played it and didn't like it now Destin from IGN made some qualifying statements on Twitter showing hope and confidence that things could get better at launch and he said the following I truly think that this game is going to do better at launch. The event felt a bit rushed, and there were tech issues for half of it. I'm looking forward to sitting down at home and taking my time with this one. And he also said, I wanted to like Suicide Squad, but honestly had a hard time with it. I do think that's partially because of the structure of the preview event itself. Here's hoping that the full game fares better. So keep in mind, when seeing some of the mid or some of the negative previews, that this might not be the best game for a quick or rushed preview. And the IGN preview concluded that, while there is a story here that makes me wonder what the heck is going on, I left the preview event less optimistic than when I came in. Here's hoping Suicide Squad wins me back when it releases on February the 2nd. Now, I definitely get the sense that some of the negativity surrounding the game isn't just expectations of Rocksteady, but also the game type or the genre fatigue that I feel like people are experiencing. The preview from IGN said the following, Not only is Rocksteady one of my favorite developers, but this genre is one I've spent far too much time in across Destiny, Anthem, and yes, even Marvel's Avengers. This Hearing this in this preview, it really makes me worry that we're getting to a point that if a game mimics or feels familiar to another game, it expedites the boredom and the burnout. I've referred to this in the past as baked-in familiarity. Even though the game is new and you've never played it before, pieces and parts feel like you've played them before. Like video game Deja Vu, you almost say to yourself, I've played this before, even though you haven't. So let's look at the last negative preview, and they echo something that's already been heard right there in their title, and this one comes from Eurogamer. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League sees Rock City's trademark world building held back by trend chasing. And I think this really is a challenge, if you think about it, for any game that wants to approach the genre or have an ongoing format. It's hard not to bake things into your game in 2020 and 2021 when you're setting the stage for what the game will be. And then you find out four years later that those things are considered boring or played out. Like, right now we know a lot of games are aiming at the extraction mechanic. Well, in four years, players could say they're kind of tired of that game type or they're tired of the extraction mechanic. It's really hard to predict. Eurogamer concludes their preview by saying, It's clear Rocksteady is keen to try something new with Suicide Squad while remaining tied to the studio's past. But as an outline 
Uh, as an online shooter with live service elements, it's perhaps trend chasing more than sticking to what the studio does best. It's Arkhamverse lineage and characterful story and characterful storytelling. That's an interesting word, characterful. Characterful storytelling are strong, but this might not be the superhero fantasy you're looking for. So Again, I think the theme here is both that we're hearing, look, this isn't the game we wanted Rocksteady to make, but we're also hearing that this feels all too familiar. Now, neither of these are things that you can necessarily fault the devs for. Predicting what people will or won't like four years in advance is virtually impossible. And having your game judged against what folks wish you would have built... I would think would be uniquely frustrating for the developers. A time where gamers complain about, we have too many sequels, we have too many remakes and remasters, all games are the same. Well, they want games to take risks. They want new games, rather than just do what you've already done. And while Kill the Justice League clearly borrows from other games, it's obviously not just another Arkham game. So, very quickly, before I give my thoughts on this, what has the reaction been to the game? Now, first, I want to start with the developer that saw the NDA as a problem, okay? Del Walker is a senior character artist at Naughty Dog and was formerly at Rocksteady, and he tweeted a very short tweet in the wake of all these previews landing. It merely said, lift the NDA. Now, this was seemingly done in response to the negative press and the negative previews about Kill the Justice League. Now, all virtually all the responses on the tweet, they seemed to know what he was talking about. Many were chiming in saying, the NDA getting lifted would make for better reception of this game, or they were saying things like, those of us who have played the game at length can talk about how good it is. Some even took issue with the IGN preview, saying that, listen, the Flash being hard to hit is not a criticism, like saying, oh, the Flash is too fast is strangely like not intentionally but it ended up being kind of ironic of course he's fast right so this may end up being a somewhat divisive title with those enjoying it claiming like outlets and others just don't get it because all the other responses i'm seeing are in the vein of people are saying this they're seeing these previews and they're saying i knew it was going to be bad live service is ruining games or they sort of say to rocksteady you guys should just stick to single player okay i can't help but keep pointing out that none of this makes the game bad It just makes it a game that you didn't want, okay? So, now would be a good time to tell you my thoughts on what's going on here. After Avatar and Lies of P, I think I will continue to be frustrated by games that are judged and criticized, not for flaws and problems, but because elements are familiar or because expectations were not met. Now, if I was expecting God of War to have co-op just because it's something that I wanted, criticizing it for not having co-op would not be very legitimate. A vast majority of what I'm seeing and reading, it's just not, hey, this game makes a lot of mistakes, or it's bad, or its design is poor. It's, well, it feels familiar. It has familiar trends in it, or I really wish they would have built a single-player, non-live service Arkham game. I also think it's hard to preview a game like this. A knock-around co-op live service game played for three hours is likely to feel somewhat incomplete. And at least a lot of the previews, I think, are leaving room for things to maybe get better or feel different once the full game launches. I also think the good and the fair reviews give me hope about this game's quality, along with those cheering for Lift the NDA. It seems there are people out there who really are enjoying this game, along with those who are not. Clearly, this game is going to be hotly debated, but I don't think it's going to be so quickly dismissed the way that Avengers or the way that Anthem was. But... That's just what I think. I want to know what you think. 
So let me give you my closing thoughts and conclusion here. The live service discussion is one that is obviously ongoing. Now, there's a few reasons this is an ongoing discussion. First, we know that game devs and publishers want to figure out how to make revenue ongoing versus the sort of traditional, well, if our game doesn't sell really well in the first month, we're in trouble. So they're trying to come up with ways to subsidize or to make things work ongoing so that they can continue to get revenue because budgets are just getting so expensive and that's making it very, very difficult for margins to be reliable. And that makes it hard for the studios to stay open. That's why we're, you know, you might start seeing more and more layoffs as budgets mushroom. Now, secondly, the other reason that the live service debate is ongoing is because what worked for Fortnite and other games in 2018 and 2019, it really influenced what devs thought that they could do. So here we are now, five to six years later, and games are starting to make landfall that took inspiration from some of those things. Gamers, in large numbers, are starting to stiff arm and reject certain practices. So what worked in 2019 or 2018, 2020, right? That was four, five, and six years ago, and that got baked into a lot of games that are going to start showing up. And many people are going to say, we're sick of this. It's hard to fault the devs for not making changes. Once the game is set in motion, once it's four, five, however many years in development, you can't just suddenly rip all those decisions out of the foundation of the game. They don't have a crystal ball. So when they made a lot of these decisions so many years ago, it might have been like, this is going to be a huge hit. Everybody likes the Arkham games. Now they'll be able to play those Arkham games ongoing with their friends. The second thing I want to say is this. This is why I think a content model versus a player funnel model has more potential if you want your game to be ongoing. It had helped the games avoid certain trappings and tropes. Sadly, Kill the Justice League sounds like it may have dialed in too many familiar aspects to not be swiftly criticized or rejected by some players. And it's not the only game facing down the barrel of public scrutiny over live service. Helldivers 2 is right around the corner, and I have similar questions that I always have about live service games. How are you going to get me to come back in month 2, month 6, month 12? My conclusion is this. From what I can gather from the previews, the story and the action is good in Kill the Justice League. Everybody seems to enjoy the flow and the combat, and and they like the story. But the familiar gameplay mechanics or the live service elements are giving people pause. Or, as I said, the baked-in familiarity is causing some to say, I feel like I've played this game before. And I wonder if that will become a more common problem, especially in 2024. With an ocean of games releasing, it'd be very easy to say, well, this game feels too familiar, and you just move on to another game, or, you know, wait a week or two, and a new game will come out. 2024 is very, very full of games. So, it's a great time to be a gamer, but it's probably a scary time to be a developer. But, those are just my thoughts. Now it's time to hear your thoughts. And that's the show open. Welcome on in, guys. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. This is one that I'm still looking forward to. I actually don't think the the previews have given me any pause. The fact that there are people who enjoyed it, the fact that there are people who are saying, man, lift the NDA, uh, I, I actually think that gives me a, a sense of encouragement about the game. Now, we're even hearing... I'm seeing people take issue with the UI, and again, I, I, I think people don't remember 
what a game like this is. It's arcade-ish. It's fun. It's comic booky, right? It's not going to have a stripped down UI. You're not playing Dead Space. You're not playing God of War Ragnarok. You're playing a game that's gonna have a lot of UI elements. I just, I think everybody's kind of dogpiling on this game, and it's almost as if they don't know what the game set out to be. It's like going to see you know, a Transformers movie and being confused as to why there's not more drama and romance in the movie. It's like you're you're you've got to let these games sort of stand on their own and be what they are. Now Roro Raven upgraded to VIP and DK Baker as he always does. First member of the day. Always doing singles. He probably has more Han Solo awards than anybody here. Thank you so much. Starting off the day strong DK Baker gift and a member and it goes to Baba Ferk. Anytime you guys get a membership on my channel, uh, even if it's gifted, you can get into the Discord. You can become a part of the community. You can kind of sample what we do here and then if you like it, you can decide to upgrade for a dollar. The argument about people saying, oh, I played this game before, but all the Spider-Man games are literally the same. Well, I wouldn't say that the Spider-Man games are literally the same. I would say that they definitely evolved the combat in the way that you would say Batman... Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham Knight, every game sort of expanded upon and evolved the combat. I don't think you can look at a sequel and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe Batman swooping around with a grappling hook and punching people, similar to Spidey, right? I don't think that that's necessarily the issue. I think the issue with Kill the Justice League that I'm noticing from people is... Okay, you didn't make another Arkham game. You made something new that doesn't feel new. Does that make sense? I think that's why people are landing where they are. Roro Raven gifts a member. Joker Quinn gifts a member. Little single member train starting this morning, guys. Thank you so much. If you and five gifted members from CrossFit Nerd, we are starting off strong. If you guys can hit twenty five hundred members before Friday, I will give you an extra community game night, and you can even beat me up in a fighting game if you guys hit the stretch glow and. C. Lou hits eight months of memberships. Welcome back, C. Lou. At the end of the day, it's not a day one buy. It's a wait and see game. Only Lona's excitement for this game is keeping my interest. I don't see it, but I'll keep an open mind. My excitement for this game, this is, uh, let, let me let me explain this, because I do think sometimes people don't understand that you can be interested in games in varying degrees, okay? So my excitement and my interest in... Hellblade 2 is in a completely different category than my excitement for Kill the Justice League. It's like, man, I can't wait to see the latest Marvel movie, okay? That's not the same as being like, I'm gonna go see the latest Scorsese film. Like, you feel and anticipate things differently, does that make sense? Like when you when you boot up The Crown on Netflix, you might have a very different feeling about what you're looking forward to in that show compared to, oh man, I'm finally getting to watch the next season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's com- they're completely different. So I can look forward to a game like Kill the Justice League and be like, it's a knockaround game. It looks fun. It looks lighthearted. It looks like I can play it. You know, I can play with my wife, have some fun, get some grinding, enjoy the story, and then put it down. And then, you know, maybe come back later. Because as they're saying, you're going to come back and there's just going to be new stuff to do, right? But then I look at a game like Hellblade 2. Or let's say, let's say Ghost of Tsushima 2 got announced tomorrow. My anticipation for those 
games would be completely different. It's not the same. Hellblade 2 greater than Kill the Justice League. Yes, but again, you're comparing, you know, I really like to go get a cheeseburger sometimes. I make my own in my house and being like, well, the the, the reverse sear ribeye that you do is better than your cheeseburgers. They're different. They're different meals. There's a different level of interest and excitement that goes into the anticipation of the ribeye versus the burgers. And I think it's okay to be like, do, do you honestly think when I sit down and play Lego Fortnite with my kids and have a really, really good time that like I'm experiencing the same level of excitement and fun that I experienced when I played Spider-Man 2 by myself or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just think that you have to develop different categories for games because if not, I think one of the reasons that gamers are convinced that gaming is so terrible is they have like a super narrow view of what they want from a game and everything else is crap. They see, uh, they see a side scroller. Uh, they, they, they see a game like Towerborn. They're like, yeah, that looks boring and old. They see a game like Foam Stars and they're like, that looks like ripoff, uh, you know, Splatoon. And it's like, not every game can be AAA award winning blockbuster. You know what I'm saying? Not every game can be that. Um, yo, a five spot from Roto Raven. I really think people go out of their way to find reasons to hate this game. Rocksteady has had nothing but bangers almost their entire library. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's one of those things to me where I am okay with admitting somebody made a game I'm not interested in. Right? Uh, let's let's go with um. Okay, the guys that made Ori in the Blind Forest and Ori in the Will of the Wisps. Their latest game is going to be a top-down like action-adventure RPG. Okay, Imagine if instead of that, the guys from Moon Studios decided to, to make a, a turn-based deck builder. Right? They, they, go, they go from the two Ori games to a turn-based deck builder. Now, if I looked at that and said, that game's going to suck, that game's going to be bad, and you'd say, why? And I was like, well, I think they should have made another Ori. Well, that's not a reason to think that the deck builder is going to be bad. What I'm saying is, is I wish they wouldn't have made it. I wish they would have made something else. And I think there's a significant amount of criticism being lobbied at Kill the Justice League that is quite literally that. It's, I think they should have made something else. Okay, that doesn't make the game bad. It means that you're not interested in the game. There is a distinctive difference between those two things. They're 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 not the same. So, now, the, I think companies can misfire, right? Cuz people are saying, you know, Chris F is pushing back on the notion of like, well, they've done nothing but bangers, okay? I certainly think that devs can misfire publishers can misfire and if this game doesn't land or it, it kind of falls flat and it's 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 not considered a success that's a that's a distinct possibility okay i think there's two possibilities here i think the general public might boot this game up and be like this game is freaking awesome and all the review outlets and all of us are highly critical and we kind of don't matter at that point if there's a if there's a groundswell of support and enjoyment of this game from the general public then that's all that matters. Like, this game could be very successful completely outside of the game critic meta and the YouTuber critic meta. It, it really, really could be 
very successful with with just the 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 John Q public audience. It's like, yo, this game's so fun, dude. I'm flying around and shooting stuff. It, it, like quite literally, it's that get home from work and prop your feet game that that I think people might end up really enjoying. Okay. But there's also another possibility that this game just doesn't get any traction and it doesn't do well and it falls flat on its face, okay? Now, if that happens, my diagnosis would be that around 2018 and 2019, Fortnite was heavily influencing what publishers and developers thought was sort of the new era of gaming. They saw battle passes, they saw live service, they saw skins, they saw ongoing, and they thought, we can do that too. It's 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 quite literally my theory as to what happened with The Last of Us Factions. The Last of Us Online, I think they saw the success of Fortnite and saw and, and said, listen, we're Naughty Dog, dude. We, we can build an amazing game mode, and look what you can do with the game mode now. You can make it an ongoing game. Well, we can do that. We just got to make our game bigger, whatever. Now, um, let's check. Let's check out this. Uh, let's just check, check out this character here from. Uh, I love uh, how many. How many games are they going to put her in? By the way, <laughs> how many games are they going to put her in? Uh, see her from Jedi, uh, Jedi Survivor, and Jedi Fallen Order. Anyways, I I do think that I think that would be my diagnosis. Is that I don't think any of these developers and studios knew. Oh man, in four years, everyone's going to hate this. Right? I think, oh, everyone's going to hate this. No, I think they saw, oh my gosh, people love this kind of thing now. We should do something like that. A two spot from Garrett Green. This game is another Avengers or Gotham Knights. I actually don't think so. My, My theory is that I saw nothing but problems with Gotham Knights from moment one. I saw nothing but problems with Avengers from moment one. I look at this game and I'm like... I don't know, dude. I think they might hook people with this. I think this game might do it. I think this game might garner an audience. Eugene says, I think we're conflating internet hive mind with what the public will do. Right. I'm telling you, I think this game has a chance with the public. I think the internet's already written it off. I think YouTubers and review outlets are like, no, lame, live service gag. And that's it. Once people start saying that, it's over. The fact that like it's controversial for me to be like, well, I think the game is going to be good. And people are like, you're an idiot. It's like that, that's it's already happened. Like the hive mind has already said, yep, this game's trash. Chris F says, Chris F says, do we know if this is coming to Game Pass? That could be make or break for it. I don't think that would help it. I don't think that would help it. Game Pass is not an a guaranteed engagement funnel. Look at Hi-Fi Rush. I don't think Game Pass would have much of an effect on this game at all. It would probably help it with exposure. And I actually think Game Pass would work well potentially with the game that's going to continue to update itself and try to sell cosmetics, but again, I, I don't I don't think Game Pass is this is this greased slide to success that people think it is. I don't think so. Eugene says Gotham Knights sold over five million copies, probably just did fine for them, and that was a year ago. Yeah, you guys realize that, right? The like Gotham Knights did fairly well commercially. Why? Recognizable IP, general public's just going to buy it. A lot of the public is going to see Harley Quinn and they're going to buy. 
They're going to see Harley Quinn. They're going to see King Shark and be like, I don't really know who that is, but that looks kind of awesome, right? Like, I know Batman. I know Suicide Squad because of the movies. I'm going to check that game out, bro. Like, I guarantee you, commercially, this game... This game might actually have a pretty strong start. Now, that doesn't mean it, it's, it's successful long-term. That doesn't mean it turns into an ongoing live service game that in two years from now, you know, they continue to update. It could be a game that fizzles out quickly. But I'm telling you, writing off this game so quickly, I, I think people are getting ahead of themselves. I really do. Uh, a lot of people also thought Gotham Knights was related to Arkham. Well, that's true. That's true. That may have led to some of the sales, right? Because... You know, they thought, oh, it's going to be another Gotham game and, you know, or Arkham game, I'm sorry. And it wasn't, uh, (laughs) you know, and listen, here's the thing about this game that I think everybody needs to just take some comfort in, right? You don't have to play it and you don't have to like it. You don't. This year is so full of games so full you don't have to play it you don't have to like it you can completely ignore this game or or you could buy it and just play through the story and i i actually think that if you do that you'd probably have a pretty good time you buy this game and you just play through the story with your buds and then you never come back to it ever again i bet you you'd feel like you got your money's worth you know, put down your expectations about what you wish they would have done and just play it as a knockaround game with your buddies. I get, I'm telling you, I don't think people are looking at this game for what it is. There are so many big titles coming this year. There are so many amazing single-player games that you can play. I like that we're getting games like Kill the Justice League and Helldivers 2. Just give me a knockaround game to play with some people, you know? Like, th- 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 just, let me, just let me just have some fun. Hooray, apathy? No, it's not apathy. It's acceptance. You have to accept that not every game is going to be for you. Not every game is going to appeal to you. You just have to accept that. I knew for a fact when I saw the explosion of Baldur's Gate 3, I knew deep down I'm never going to play that game at length. I don't have that kind of time, and it generally isn't my kind of game anyway. I've never been able to really vibe with turn-based games. I'm more of an action game guy. So it was totally fine for me to be like that's that's like did you see the debate i don't even know what started it did you guys see the debate comparing baldur's gate 3 and um spider-man 2 did you guys see that debate just absolutely absurd not even in the same universe of game types and people are comparing them why because there were people that thought action mattered most and that made Baldur's Gate 3 boring and then there are people who think no the action in Spider-Man is so you know blase it's so repeatable and 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 done it's like we've done that before we've played games like that before maybe people just need to accept that not every game is for you <laughs> like not every game is for you not every game is going to appeal to what you like you know I loved Spider-Man 2. I've not gone back to Baldur's Gate 3. Now, if I had, you know, two and three hours every evening where I could play that game with my wife, I bet you we would have went back to it and probably had a good time. But when I have an hour to play, that's really going to change my palate and what I'm going to enjoy. 
It, it is. It's going to really, really change what I'm going to approach with my game time. You're looking forward to Dragon's Dogma? Halo is dead. What blasphemy? Uh, but look forward to Suicide Squad. How is the one who's lame? Who are you talking to? Are you talking to me? I've never said Halo is dead. Oh, you said I'll play Halo Infinite over Suicide Squad any day of the week. And then you said Halo Infinite smokes Suicide Squad. Here's the thing, John. I don't think you're saying anything that can be engaged with. What you're saying is nonsense. Like, I can't engage with it. It's nonsense. It's like, Halo Infinite's way better. They're not even the same game type. They're completely... They're completely different. Like, right now, I would much rather boot up, kill the Justice League with some buddies to see if it's any good. And if it is, you know plow through the campaign and have a good time like I would much rather do that than go play Halo because I've played Halo so many times it's like I can only I, I, I played a bunch of the Halos growing up you know in my college years I played a bunch of the Halos co-op with my friends and my siblings played a bunch of Halo PvP when it first launched and now I'm like yeah I, I kind of don't have a huge desire now when they released some of the stuff recently I thought oh that might be really fun to go back and play but again comparing those games just doesn't make any sense it's like a nonsense statement it's like yo bro Mortal Kombat 1 is so much better than Kill the Justice League like they're not the same games at all they're completely different in their approach to everything. I mean, they're they're different genres of games. It's okay to just look at a game and say, that game's not for me. Like, you don't have to justify your dislike with, like, a replacement like. Does that make sense? You don't have to. You can just say, yeah, Kill the Justice League just doesn't look like my kind of game. It looks like that, you know live service looty shooty thing and I just don't know that's not that's not my jam instead of being like yo Halo Infinite's so much better than this what was the game we said earlier we were somebody compared and said it was so much better than this oh Hellblade 2 Hellblade 2 so much better than this what do you mean first and foremost nobody's played Hellblade 2 yet and secondly they're not the same game so it's just the comparisons don't make any sense one is live service I get that well, no, Halo Infinite's live service. So is this game. Halo Infinite didn't, I mean, if you really want to compare, well, then let's compare in a year who had a better first year post-launch content delivery, right? Like, that's a fair comparison to say, here's a live service game. Here's a live service game. How did their first year of post-launch content go? We, uh, we know how Halo Infinite went. I get it, Suicide Squad's your jam? I'm not saying it's my jam. I'm saying it looks like a fun game to play with buddies. I'm not on the defense squad. I just, I don't understand the way that gamers drive conversations now. It's like, we want new. Quit doing the same old thing. Every game of the year was a sequel. Every game of the year nomination was a sequel. And, and Rocksteady's like, I got an idea. Instead of just doing another Arkham game, let's try something completely different. Let's do like a knockaround co-op game. Suicide Squad's a perfect game to do it with because there's you can have like a crew and you can each play some of the crew and we can take some of the live service open world elements and stuff and some of the loot elements and stuff and we'll add characters later and we'll add seasons later. Let's do something completely different. 
And people are like, well, we wanted you to do something different, but not like that. We wanted you to do something different, but really just another one of the games that we already liked. Like, make up your freaking mind. Like, make up your mind. Like, the, the gaming community constantly says things, and then the next day they say the opposite of that. All we do is get the exact same games. Do something new. And then they do something new. And you're like, well, no, I actually just wanted you to do another Arkham game. It's like, okay. I'm not your buddy guy. Halo Infinite has been updated a lot since launch, but I'm not here to attack you. I don't feel attacked. You made a comparison that didn't make any sense. If you want to make a comparison, you could compare live service post-content delivery and you could say look how long it took Halo Infinite to get there and then let's look at the first year of Suicide Squad and see how it does I'll be the first person to say it doesn't deliver it's not fun the content loop is lame the the loot pool's stupid or uh, yeah the post-launch content's really really thin it's not very substantive dude I'll be the first person to say that when I'm looking forward to a game it makes me more harsh I'm more harsh on a game I'm looking forward to look at what I did with Jedi Survivor literally stopped playing it tweeted that I hoped they got no game award nominations because of how they treated the game right that was a game I was looking forward to and I was harsh I was like get out of here like this is a bad launch I hope they don't get any awards this game doesn't deserve recognition they mistreated the game and they're not updating it they're not telling us what's going on look at what I did with Final Fantasy 16 the demo completely changes my mind. I'm like, this game is awesome. I really, really liked it. Was really excited to dive in and play the entirety of the game. And I put it down because the performance mode isn't a performance mode. And I find it to be irritating. It's like, it looks like garbage when I'm in town. It actually gets worse the longer you play the game because the town and some of the other places, they just get more full of people. And it's just like, it looks like a slow motion slideshow. So I will be at the front of the line being critical of this game if it doesn't deliver. I will. I'll be like, come on, guys. You know, why'd you do this? Or why'd you do that? Or you guys didn't really think about all these systems that you added. That is one of the things I'm hearing. That is concerning. I'm hearing from a couple of the outlets, a couple of the previews were saying, it just feels like they're trend chasing. My concern about trend chasing is we've seen a lot of people do the, well, just throw a battle pass in it. Just put a bird on it, right? Just throw a battle pass in it. Well, that's not a substantive piece of content. That's just you kind of copying and pasting and saying, well, I mean, these people have done a battle pass. I mean, we can do a battle pass. And it's like, you need more than a battle pass. A battle pass isn't content. A battle pass is like supplementary, like additive content to sort of be running alongside of the actual game and what you're actually doing. So that is concerning. I'm like, well, if they just kind of like slapped a bunch of stuff in the game that they're like well this game did this and this game did that and this game did this let's do that too well that's concerning because then the game won't feel very original or it might fall into as I said that that familiarity lane where you're like yeah I kind of feel like I played this game before that's a concern now that that's something that's causing me concern from the previews but one of the things that's encouraging me from the previews is people are like yo the story's actually kind of dope and the combat and the, and the flow is actually kind of fun you know Somebody got the Portlandia reference. Thank you. (laughs) More to no show. Appreciate that. 
Live service can be good, but it has to be done exactly right. A bad live service system is automatic garbage. Uh, Roro Raven says, have we ever had a live service game that offered free story expansions and characters? Seriously asking. Um, chat, you're going to have to take this one. You're going to have to take this one. Have we ever had that? A game that was like, here's free story. Here, Here's free story. Here's free characters. I'm trying to think of a game that did that. And then they just ran everything off of cosmetics. It would have to be a free to play game, right? I would think that would be commonly found in free-to-play circles. Did Avengers do that? Yeah, well, that's right. Warframe does that. Warframe adds the frames. That's true. That's true. There are people that have been pretty critical of Warframe's monetization practices, but... Great skit. My wife and I still play Put a Bird on It. (laughs) Put a Bird on It. Uh, Yeah, Overwatch did free characters. Right, right, right. You know, so that that could be in the game's corner. You have to think about something. Think of a villain that they could just suddenly throw in the game. Throw out some villains in this universe that they could just throw in the game. That you go and recruit and you get to play as, okay? Now I want you to picture that villain in your mind. And if they throw that up on a dashboard of uh, a console... They start tweeting. They start putting commercials out there. People start seeing this. And they're like, you can come play as this for free. Okay? You can come play as this for free. Well, then people will come back to the game just for that alone. Does that make sense? They're like, oh, I can, I can, I can go back. There's a brand new character. I love that character. You know? And it's totally free. You just boot up the game and you go and you do it. Again, I, I think we might be forgetting just how different the general gaming public is compared to us let's 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 take another example how many of us here decry and criticize the practices of a lot of the sports games and the sports packs a lot of us are pretty critical of that right and yet those games have been commercially successful and quite popular for years $20 to enter the park though yeah Paul that's true but you have to understand by the time they start adding characters they may drop the price so I could see the game being 50 bucks a year from now and by that time you buy the game and you get the base characters and like two or three more I mean I'm telling you I think people are being way too quick to dismiss this game they just think nope crap trash another Avengers it's gonna be dead in two months and I'm like I don't know bro I <laughs> it looks fun and if it is fun and they can get people to come back and they can add free content and then in a year it's like it's cheaper and there's even more characters I've, I don't know you know it, it, I'm not saying that it will be I'm just saying I would not be so quick to act like this game's DOA 21 months from J-Dog with a VIP. 21 months of paying this e-beggar. What a ride. Get those likes up, chat. Thank you so much, J-Dog. Guys, if you are enjoying the show, it helps me out and it helps the video out. If you smash that like button, it helps other people find the content. If you want to talk in the chat, you just have to subscribe. And subscribing is totally free. Now, 
If you want to get into the extra content in our Discord, that requires a membership. But if you watch long enough and you're here on a regular basis, you will likely get a gifted membership. And gifted memberships get to sample uh, everything. You get a community game night. That's a Friday night where we all hang out and play together for members only. That's something you get into as a gifted. You get into our Discord. You can kind of get to know the community and see if you want to kind of stick around and maybe upgrade. And then there's a daily Q&A that we do. We switch the chat to members only. So we pay as a community for you to sample that that extra content and then if you want to upgrade it's only a dollar it's a six dollar membership instead of a five dollar membership and so that's something that we do so the more often you're here the more likely you get to be a part of that it's all good i'll skip this game it's not my kind of game and that's see to me john that's the most level-headed approach to these things the thing that i don't buy into is bad game crap game doa it's like now hang on a minute like just because it isn't what you wanted them to build and just because it's live service doesn't mean it's DOA. I think there's 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 too many games coming that are going to attempt the live service thing to be like, well, they're all going to fail. I don't think so. I think if games can figure out how to deliver a cadence of content that's not reliant upon, well, we have to have a full funnel of players, right? I I think that those games could be successful. I think the games that um, are going to struggle the most I think it's the games that need a full funnel of players. I saw one preview that said there's a mechanic that allows you to bring along a friend's character and get them loot while the friend is offline. So when they log in, they have loot waiting. Well, that's pretty cool. That's that's a great that again, that's a great way to be like, "Hey man, let's get that game. Let's grind, let's play together." DOA here to out here taking strays for the rest of the gaming world. <laughs> Live service is a hard sell these days. You're not wrong, Dark Ascension. You're not wrong. There's immediate stigma. There is immediate like, nope, uh-uh, don't want to play it, thumbs down, it's bad. Like, for sure, it's just immediate. It, like, it's, it's amazing to me how fast it's become a stigma because... I don't know. I find a lot of humor in watching the gaming world throw itself at live service games like Fortnite and Warzone and Destiny and Apex Legends and I don't know. Final Fantasy 14, Elder Scrolls Online, Diablo 4. Now Diablo 4 obviously fell off with the audience and they're hoping to get back on but I just listed a bunch of games that have tons of people playing all the time and a lot of you play every time they do an update don't lie you do and then you see live service and you're like well yeah but I don't want any more (laughs) it's like I know I'm over here still playing this game because I kind of feel like I have to sunk cost fallacy yo dark Darth Ascension I'm sorry Darth Ascension gets a gifted member from J-Dog thank you guys so much we are in like the 2300s on the member count if you guys can get us a 2500 we will do an extra community game night as a way to say welcome to all the gifted members we'll do an extra one we do one community game night every month and that's the last Friday of the month so we're currently at 2300 members if you guys could really push 
push push hard and get us those 200 you will get an extra community game night a great way to welcome all the new gifteds in let them sample that friday night stream and another one comes in from mash mash is gone crazy this month no doubt in my mind that mash is done the most gifteds and we're only 10 days into the month can already see us getting blamed for not giving the game a chance it's our fault when the game fails well as long as main camera in 30 fps mode i don't think so is it i can't you this has happened before murph and yeah it is i don't know why that happens i have no idea why that happens something with the camera the last time this happened i think i had to like turn the camera off and on again or something like that um we can try and reset the fps at the at the obs level it doesn't seem to have made an effect yeah i think i have to reboot the camera which i'm not gonna do right now you're always the one that catches it murph I don't know how I don't catch it. It's hard to tell, right? Like, I have to, like, actively look at the camera, like, kind of, like, move my hand back and forth. Um, that's a pro gamer noticing that? That's right. The customer's always right in matters of taste. See, at one level, I, I would, I would really empathize with the developers if they felt like, you guys didn't even give our freaking game a chance. Right? You didn't even give our game a chance. Like, I empathize with that. They're like, dude, we we tried something new. Like, give it a week. Play it for a week. Like, give it a chance. You guys saw one trailer, and you wrote the whole game off. You're like, this game sucks. And it's like, you saw one trailer. Like, if I was them, that's got to be uniquely frustrating to be like, you know, every time a trailer comes out, people are like, look at this crap just another game just another sequel and then they're like well we're gonna do something different we're gonna kind of surprise everybody this is a real fresh take on the Arkham universe on the Arkhamverse you know and people are like your game already sucks I haven't played it yet (laughs) but I know that it already sucks like I can understand them now now I can also understand the gaming world being like Bro, your game kind of looks like a Fortnite limited time mode with uh, DC characters. You know, your first gameplay debut was the four characters flying and floating around the city and shooting purple balls. Like, it kind of looked like a Fortnite limited time mode. You know, I, I can he- I can, I can sympathize and empathize with both sides on the issue. I really can. It, I, I actually, part of me thinks part of me thinks that they didn't do a good job with the first trailer and that kind of hurt them. We know how that goes, right? One bad trailer and everyone's like, that game's trash. It happened to Halo. They delayed the game. The first trailer was so bad. And I wonder if they would have started with the trailer, you know the story trailer where they show them all and they go down in the room and they're all getting different traversal items. If they would have done that and then like moved into the city and then the combat, I think people would have been a little less just immediate stiff arm. Like, nope, don't want to play. Don't want to play. I think the first trailer hurt them. 
ask for something new, reject something new, make them wear it. Creature says, you know what I would do if I was them after this? I'd remaster Arkham Knight seven times in three years and laugh my butt off when everyone complained. <laughs> you want another Arkham game? We'll give you another Arkham game. Actually, actually, I kind of want that. I kind of want the first three games. I want Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham Knight. I kind of want them remastered because they've aged so incredibly well. I just need them to be polished up, 60 FPS, you know, make the NPCs look a little bit nicer. I, I, I kind of want that. I'm going to be real with y'all. Like, they could totally do that, and they would totally get away with it. <laughs> and people would complain and make their videos and put this face on their thumbnail. But I think it would probably do pretty well. <laughs> I think it would probably do pretty well because yeah, everybody loves Batman and everybody loves Mark Hamill's Joker and I I think it would probably crush, especially if they really smoothed out some of the traversal and movement so it didn't feel so wooden. Like, the Arkham Knight, I think, aged really well, but I think the further back you go, it can feel a little stiff at times. I'm telling you, that if I was them, that's exactly what I would do. I'd be like, all right, frick y'all. <laughs> We're just going to remaster the last three games. We're going to make a ton of money doing it. And it's not going to be as hard and as taxing. And, it, you know, it won't be as risky. <laughs> I want that face from Lono on thumbnails. <laughs> like, you know, like all those thumbnails, dude. I didn't play uh, any but the first Arkham game. I'd pay for remasters. I'm part of the problem. That's a presumption that it's a problem. I, I I don't think I don't think there is a problem if the market supports something. Like obviously if the market supports something that's like unethical and immoral, like yay, this new game show, you can swipe your credit card and they'll kill an animal. Like no, no, that would be bad. That it's it's not in like an automatic stamp of approval like well the market approves it so it's good. Er, like no. That could take us to a dark place. But like I don't think it's a problem. Like, if The Last of Us Part 1 Remake was commercially successful, if The Last of Us Part 2 Remaster is commercially successful, if they remastered Batman, you know, Arkham Asylum City and Arkham Knight, and it was commercially successful, who who gives a frick? Like, it's like, well, they did something. The market clearly wanted it because they paid for it. They made money. So now the symbiotic relationship has been maintained. Like, they're keeping the lights on. They've got money to invest in something maybe new. And the consumer is happy. They got a great product. You know? What animal are we talking about? I mean, I would want to start a game show called Punch a Goose. And if you pay me enough money, I'll just punch a goose right on its head. You know, and we would get a real cantankerous, angry goose. We'd probably get them all from Canada. Americans would love that. We'd make them wear like a little Canadian outfit. <laughs> Pete is like, oh my gosh. <laughs> It'd be a whole scandal. People would find out that the geese aren't even real. They're animatronic. I paid for him to punch a real Canadian goose because America. And I'm like, sorry, man, we didn't want to get sued 
and in a bunch of trouble. They were animatronic geese from day one, you know. I'll see you in Cabo if you can afford the flight. <laughs> I would be so rich. <laughs> bunch of goose. Unfortunately, the goose would kick your butt. No, no, it'd all be staged and rigged, you know. It would be like wrestling. <laughs> it would be it would be fake. It'd be animatronic. Uh <laughs> the goose's head would break and the wires would come out. Cut the cameras, cut the cameras. The show would be shut down. Anyway. Back to video games. I think that <laughs> I do. I I think this idea that I find gamers and their self-righteous ideologies I find them to be worthy of study. I do. I, f- I find them to be worthy of study. People talk about gaming as if there's some stone tablet sitting somewhere with sacred rules on them. And if you break those rules, you are the devil. Right? If you do a remake, if you do a remaster, if you don't platinum a game, then you're not a real fan. Right? These trophy checkers, it's like, bro, I don't know where you came from. I don't know what flavor of Kool-Aid you're drinking, but the self-righteousness is so weird. It's weird. It's like, did you ever go to school and you're like, yeah, dude, I was really excited last night. I got to the next castle in Zelda. I don't know you didn't. I'm coming to your house. I want to see if you're a real fan. No, your friend was like, that's dope, dude. It Was it fun? Did you beat it? And now it's like, yeah, I really like that game. Oh, yeah? What's your gamer tag? (laughs) Slow down. (laughs) It's not that serious. Unwritten rules of video games are more difficult to decipher than the unwritten rules of baseball. Right? It's It's crazy. Everybody, well, I shouldn't say everybody. There's this weird cult of real gamers and everybody else is a phony and a fake and a fraud or you don't even, you don't play real games. It's like, gee, many Christmas. No one cares about any of this except for you, obviously. (laughs) The self-righteousness around games it's got to be one of the craziest things. Like, I wasn't aware of it. When you cover one game, you're in this safe little bubble. And, you know, your game and that game's community has its quirks, you know? They do weird things. And they say weird stuff, you know? Like, every every community does that. But I was not aware... <laughs> I was not aware that like once you kind of zoom all the way out, like you're like, oh my gosh, what's the what is going on? <laughs> I'm perfect. Everyone else is either a tryhard or a casual. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it's a thing everywhere, though. Everyone calls other people's opinions misinformation, uh, and their crap is fact. What? I'm not even getting necessarily into like that social sociological reality of like 
Maybe it's related to that, I guess. The identity crisis of the world. Like, no one has an identity anymore, right? The globalization of technology and social spaces has stripped you of your identity. So you just have to make one, and then you gotta defend it, you know? You used to get your identity from, like, your third spaces, you know? that you play for, the church that you go to, the whatever, right? The club that you joined. And now it's like, it's just different, you know? Now it's, well, you know, I've made my identity like this, and it's this weird skin suit that they've sewn together in the dark, and you're like, "Ah, gosh, and they're like, yeah, and if you don't think like me or do this, then you're the evil one. It's like, good, what's the matter with you? They're just video games, but here we are. But I think that's what drives a lot of this. The presumption is that live service is the devil. The presumption is that ongoing games are evil. The presumption is that these companies are wicked and they're just trying to get your money. That's every company, but okay. If I I have to define myself by my consumption, then I need to defend my consumption. Right. I will say trophy checking someone overly capping for a game and finding out they never played it is good stuff. I feel like there's a difference between trophy checking in like the you didn't beat it if you didn't platinum it. I think that's different than you didn't even play the game. Right? That's different. You know, because I've had people do that to me. They're like, yeah, you didn't complete the game. I'm like, I, I played it for 40 hours and I rolled credits. I played it for 20 hours and I rolled credits. Yeah, but you didn't platinum it. It's like, oh my gosh. It's, I, I don't think I've ever done that. Like, that's just a difference of, yeah, that that I do think is different. I do think sometimes it is fair for someone to like be out there overly defending a game and you're like, you played it for 15 minutes. What, you know, what are you talking about? You know, it also depends on what they're saying. Like, you can look at a game like Baldur's Gate 3 and you can see the quality and the excellence and be like, I, I didn't play it. I think you can do that. Now, that's not the same as like, you know, like, oh, it's a bad game. It's a crap game. If you're going to say that, I think you need to look at more of like the community aggregate scores of saying like, well, I didn't play it, but good golly, this is bad. Like you do that when you go to Amazon you never used that vacuum cleaner. I didn't have to. It got two out of five stars. It's obviously bad. You know, I can look at the pictures and the reviews. So it always depends on, like, why are you trophy checking? Why are you time checking somebody? What exactly are they saying? Because I do think you can make statements about a game you've never played. But you can also say, I've played and beat the game without getting all the trophies as well. 500 uh, Twitch employees got axed today, back to work and lurk. I think it's incredibly sad that that happened. I saw it coming. I knew that I knew that platform was likely going to lose a lot of people because I don't think it's a very profitable platform, and, I, and I've known that for a while. A lot of people have known that for a while. My hope is that those 500 people that have been laid off don't sign NDAs and are able to, you know, talk to the press about what's really been going on at the company the last couple of years maybe last four I, that's kind of my lingering wish mash with another five bomb and he sets us up 10 away from the member goal every 25 i give five and the first 25 is within reach thank you so much for doing that mash mash just will not let the member train stop he's keeping it going 
I'll have to play Baldur's Gate 3. I played Zelda. Uh, I have to play Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, we did a video about Hogwarts Legacy DLC. Um, I still, yeah, I still think if you look at the comments surrounding, you know, the titles and what they own over there, I still think that's coming. I, I think, a, I think a Hogwarts Legacy DLC is a hundred percent coming, most definitely. I'm sure NDAs will be tied to everyone getting severance. Ain't no way that you got 500 people getting severance. Ain't no way. No. You need to be there long enough to get it. You need to be set up at an employee level to even get it. Like, there's no way. I I have serious doubts. They got 500 people signing non-disparaging agreements so they get their severance. Maybe, maybe some of the upper level. The, the point, the, the, the concern that I would have is that, you know, it's low-level people that don't know anything, right? I've been holding out hope that one day we would find out what the frick happened, but... You know, that co- that company's that company's got everything everything coming to that company's deserve with the way they've run it. You can't run a company that corruptly and not have it come home to roost. It just doesn't work. <clears throat> Quidditch standalone game? Yes, the beta the it's in beta right now. The Quidditch standalone game is in beta. I think, I say all that to say this about Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. I say everything I just said to say this. I think we're standing on the precipice of games being dismissed by the review outlets that fare far better with the community. All you have to do is look at Lies of P. Look at Lies of P and how the review outlets treated it, and then go look at the Steam score and the score on PlayStation. You don't want to look at the score on Xbox because it was a Game Pass game, and a lot of those reviews are people who just tried it out, and then they were like, this game's not for me. So it, it, that's, that's not a fair representation of Lies of P. When you let a thousand people play a game who have never played a game like that before, it's just going to pull the score down, okay? If you look at Steam, if you look at PlayStation, the score is significantly higher there than it is from the review outlets. And I'm not saying that's going to happen with Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. I'm not saying it's going to be some, like, 95% rated game and, you know, it's going to get bad scores from the review outs, but I wouldn't be surprised if this isn't like those movies where you go to Rotten Tomatoes and you're like, oh wow, it got like a 70% from the critics and then the, and then the consumers give it like an 80-something. That, would, that wouldn't shock me at all with this game. If the, if the review outlets, if this thing struggles to hold above an 80 on Metacritic and op- OpenCritic, but then it's in the mid-80s on the platforms... It wouldn't surprise me at all because I just I feel like this is the kind of game that the community that plays it and loves it and and dives in they're gonna be like this is a great game and you know review outlets playing a knock around live service co op game for three hours I just I don't feel like that's enough time for them to really oh yeah I, yeah it's it just didn't do it for me it's like well. I think within the first three hours, you can know whether or not the content loop is enjoyable, which, funny enough, most of them said, story's good, and the combat's fun. But then they kind of conclude it with, well, some of the stuff they do is familiar, and we really wanted something different from Rocksteady. I was like, okay, but hang on a minute. That's not that's not a judgment of a lone wolf. With the 10 bombs, slams it home. The setup from MASH and the first 25 members of the day secured. You guys go strong, man. You will get an extra community 
game night. A great way to do that is if you get a gifted membership, pay it forward. Keep the train going, right? You guys can do that, and we will hit that, and we will play something this Friday night as a community. It'll be a blast. And that's open to everybody, all right? Gifted members, if you just got one, you get into our Discord, you get into community game nights, and you get into members-only Q&A sessions that we do every day. It's a way for you to kind of sample the content. So you don't have to pay anything. You just get to sample all that content. And then if you like it, you can pick up your own membership. You'll play it for the story. Yeah, funny enough, even the people that didn't like it very much thought that the story was pretty good. They thought they thought the story was pretty good. Combat's not great. I can see it being so boring after a few hours going by my playtime in the game. To be fair, I think a lot of the Lies of P got patched post-launch. I played it at release, and it was tough as nails. Might be the reason it reviewed a bit worse than where it stands now. Well, here's the, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, Drummer. Nobody was giving Lies of P like a lower score or criticizing it. They weren't criticizing it for being too hard or needing patches. It was criticized for being too familiar to FromSoft games. That's not a criticism. There you go. (laughs) We really need you to get to the point where you can change your name as well, because constantly talking to the quartering in my chat just sounds really, really weird, because it's not him. It's just somebody being goofy, and now you have to wait so many days before you can change your name. So, word to the wise, don't change your name a bunch. Realistically, how long do you think this game will keep people playing? The challenge of live service is providing a good gameplay loop with frequent content updates. Very few pull that off. Well, here's why I think it has a chance. I'm not saying that it'll succeed at this, okay? But I'm saying it actually has a chance to succeed, and I'll tell you why. That piranha plant looked like a... Oop, that's the wrong thing. That piranha plant looked like a speech bubble attached to the Spider-Man thing. I was like, what the heck's going on over there? Hey, five gifted members from the final pineapple and another one from DK Baker. They're like, come on, guys. Let's get this member train going. Let's get this 2,500. Setting up a 20 bomb. A 20 bomb Agents of Chaos right now. We'll see if any of the big boys are in chat. Um. So... The reason I think they have a chance to pull it off, okay? I'm not saying that they will. I'm saying they have a chance to pull it off is because they can drive the re-engagement with a character. And I think that's compelling, right? Let's say that Gotham Knights was actually a lot better than it was because I didn't like it at all. I, I thought it ran terribly. It looked terribly. I thought the combat felt like a mobile game. It just, it just didn't deliver. Let's imagine that it was like at the level of Arkham Knight, right? A seven-year-old a seven year old game that was better in my estimation. <clears throat> if it was like Arkham Knight and they suddenly were like, you can play as this new character now, I think that would have brought people back. I think that's more compelling than... I think it's easier to market... A, a character that's easier to market than oh we added this new piece of content we added a horde mode or we added this new part of the city you can go and explore well guess what that's only interesting to the people that are still playing or or went the distance with the game and they're kind of familiar with it like 
Imagine you complete the entire game of Kill the Justice League, and you clear the map, and you kind of done everything, and then you put it down. And then a couple months later, they're like, we're going to let you into more of the map, and you can do more stuff. And you're like, I don't care. I, I don't even really remember what I was doing the last time I played it. But if they're like, you can play as the Riddler, you can play as Mr. Freeze, you can play as the Joker, and you're like, well, all right. I'll go back and check that out. I'll go back and check out a character. Remove the DC heroes and the branding from this game. Would you give it a second look? Sure I would. What's what's distinct about Helldivers 2, Paul? What? What? Dudes in spacesuits fall on a planet and shoot aliens. You see anything that's super compelling about Helldivers 2? You see anything super unique and like mind-blowing? No. But I'm really interested. It's a knock-around game to play with the boys. It's like being interested in a summer blockbuster. Yo, bro, a lot of explosions and car chases. Can't wait to see it. That's not the same as being like, I'm going to go see, you know, the latest Scorsese movie. I'm going to go see the latest blockbuster drama with Leo or Tom Hanks or whoever my expectations are just different for these game types it's $40 that does that's not what determines my interest in a game I've never done that I've never been like well that game looks really fun well it's 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 full price instead of being $40 well I'll not I never like I don't do that it's a Warner Brothers game. It's a Rock City game. They've got mainland. They've got mainline characters from DC. I don't expect it to be forty dollars. I'm not interested in Helldivers because it's forty dollars. To say it another way, I'm not. I didn't know that Helldivers Two was forty dollars when I first saw the gameplay. Like I didn't see the gameplay for Helldivers Two and say, "Well, I don't know. That looks like a lot of fun and something you could kind of throw around on the weekend with your buddies and your boys." But you know, if it's seventy, then I don't. I don't think so. Like that's not what determines my interest in a game. It ne- it just never has been. When you decide whether or not to see a movie, do you like call ahead to the movie theater to be like, "Well, I've not seen a movie in a couple years. What's the price of your tickets?" Oh man, I hang up. I'm not seeing the latest Transformers movie. That, that I don't do that. I mean, maybe you do. I don't do that. I don't determine w- w- what I'm in, interested in based on price. Now, I may determine patronage of like, well, I really want to see that movie, but the ticket prices at the theater have just gone too high. I don't want to. I'm not spending thirty dollars to see Transformers. I'll rent it on Amazon for six bucks when it comes to when it comes to uh, digital. But that's not my interest going down. It's like I'm still interested in seeing it. I'm still interested in playing Helldivers, regardless of price. I was like, that game looks like a fun time. You're not everybody? Well, neither are you. That's the point, isn't it? That not everybody looks at games and says that. Like, well, oh, I'm not playing that game. It's too expensive. I, a lot of people don't even look at that. They're just like, oh, it's a new game. I'm going to go get it. Roro Raven says, this is what I'm saying, dude. These arguments are so shallow. If you don't want to play it, fine. Why are you echoing these dog arguments? Is Kill the Justice League 40? No, it's a full price game. It's a full price game. Adding a new character to play the same content that you played with the previous characters can be risky. Well, no, oh, I'm sorry. EDM Wolf, that's not what they're doing. 
they're adding a character and with that character comes new content you have to like go recruit them does that make sense they're not just like kapling oh look i can now play that character they're in my lineup no it comes with new content it's like i think it's going to be seasonal right you know season of the i don't even know what you would say right season of the freeze or something stupid and then you like you come back and the whole city's been frozen Mr. Freeze is running amok and you got to take him out and then when you take him out you convince him to come you know be on your team and then you can play as Mr. Freeze I'm making that up that I don't know if Mr. Freeze is coming I'm just saying that's kind of how I envision them doing it and I think that will draw people back it'll be like oh yeah, I played that with my friends. We had a fun time with it. We played it for a couple of weeks. I bought a couple cosmetics. Mr. Freeze is in the game now. The whole city's different. I'll, I'll come back and play that. Suicide Squad costing $250 million and an eight-year dev cycle. I went in looking for a AAA game, and all I got was something that feels like a mobile game. I don't think it feels like a mobile game, but if that's your perception, then I would understand you not buying it. I'm looking at a game that I would imagine in 2017, 2018, six or seven years ago, they saw the world of gaming changing and they baked it into their game. And you, I can't blame them for that. I can't be like, well, kind of looks like Fortnite, kind of resembles some of the other live service games that are out there. Well, of course it does. Six or seven or eight years ago, that was becoming all the rage. What'd you expect them to do? Put six or seven years into the game, be like, "Uh uh-oh, people don't like live service now. Well, I guess we should just start over or cancel it. I, I get where people are coming from, but I find gamers plugged in on YouTube and Twitter and all these various places I find your arguments lacking because I know that you know more than you're pretending to know. You're arguing like an ignorant gamer who's not aware of what goes into game development. And that's why I don't find your arguments compelling. I'm not talking to a guy on the street. I'm not talking to a guy at the shopping mall who's like, yeah, man, I don't know, dude. Suicide Squad just kind of looks like Fortnite. I expect that from him. I don't expect that from people who are well aware this game's been in development for seven, six, or seven years, eight years, however long. And it was like, what were they supposed to do? Be like, well, there's been some real shift in the in the ether and the hive mind around live service. I bet I guess we better start over. They didn't have a choice. Like, no, this is the game they made. And that's why I keep saying, judge it based on that instead of what you think they should have built. It's, that's not like a legitimate, you know, if I think, you know, Scorsese should have done a rom-com, I can't go to his latest movie and be like, you know, I just really think he should have done a romantic comedy, you know, yeah, or, or to say it another way, I said that backwards. If Scorsese decided to do a rom-com, I can't go to the rom-com and be like, uh, I just really think he should have made a different movie. He should have made a more serious movie. Well, I, he decided not to. What, what are you doing buying a ticket? Does that make sense? My biggest boggle with the game concept is how can these Yahoo's PowerWise, I mean, have any realistic hope against the Justice League? It's baked into the story. There's a particular weapon type that you have to get to fight against the Justice League. They they bake it right into the story. 
they're not just like going up to the flash and she and you know it's like harley's like i got my mallet boom and hits him in the face they they're using you know made up weaponry superman's you know the one that i'm curious what they're going to do with cuz you need kryptonite but everybody else you kind of just need stronger magic right i mean the flash is is a really fast guy so a well placed shot right you know green lantern has magic you need stronger magic right so you know i uh I, I think it's fine. I think Superman's probably the biggest one where it's going to be kind of like, really? What? But, you know, Lex is in the game. Lex Luthor likely helps you, is my assumption. I haven't played the game. I haven't seen the game. But if Lex is in the game, I'm assuming there's a point where he helps you augment your weaponry with Kryptonite, and now you can take on the soups. They create lore within these comic books to hurt the people that you think are unhurtable. Batman's just a guy. Yeah, Batman's just a guy in a suit. The Flash is just a guy that's really fast. The Green Lantern is just a guy who harnesses the power of the Green Lantern. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, Superman is the one that's like, yeah, they're going to have to do something very specific. But again, it's a freaking comic book movie, man. Like, is anybody playing Spider-Man? They're like, yeah, I don't know about this whole running off the Empire State Building and doing backflips and then swinging. I mean, he probably would break his back. You know, the the, the actual, you know, uh, the, the force of the fall and the centripetal motion of the webbing and the bit, a bit, a bit. Nobody does that with other games. We're not like, I don't know, dude. It's like, it's a freaking comic book game, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I'm excited for the game, says Enjoy. Yes, it's live service element turned me off, but I'm looking forward into it more. It looks like a game that I can spend hours in. I trust Rocksteady. Come on, we all have our own Spidey sense. Probably the best part in the latest movie. Well, that's a neat trick. That was so good. That was so good. Willem Dafoe is magnificent. They most likely got Batman's contingency plans to neutralize the other members of the Justice League in case they go rogue. It's a plot element that has been in some of the comic book storylines. Batman has super healing, and all the other heroes know it, but they let him think he's just a normal guy. Normal guys don't survive what he's been through. Ahem. <laughs> <clears throat> Flash isn't just a fast person, he has the speed force. Realistically, none of the characters in Kill the Justice League can actually hit the Flash. Well, I, okay, I wasn't talking about whether or not they could hit him. I'm saying he's a guy, though. He's a guy. If he was taking a nap on a park bench because he really overworked himself and you put a Desert Eagle to his temple, he's dead. Did you see what I'm saying? Like, he's just a guy. Like, it's... It's not hard in a game like this for them to set up circumstances where you're going to be able to hurt them. Doesn't the Flash get tired? He, what, he, what does he never get tired? There's never a point in any of the comics where he's ever ever vulnerable. He's just like, nah, dude. 
I'm basically immortal because I'm so fast, no one ever gets to jump on me, and I never have to sleep, and I never get tired. I never have to stop to, like, you know, eat a pizza. I just keep running around. No, of course not. It's not compelling to have heroes that can't be hurt. So, if the Flash is damageable in the comics, I'm sure they can come up with ways to be like, the dude's vulnerable sometimes. Maybe he gets a little bit tired. Maybe he stops to run his mouth, you know? Maybe you catch him sleeping in his apartment and Wheel of Fortune's playing in the background and it helps him sleep and you're like, (laughs) no more Flash, you know? In uh, an impression I watched, they said they were shooting flags with anti-speed force bullets to slow him down, so that's how they fight him. There you go! There you go! All you gotta do... To slow the Flash down is mess with gravity. It's going to throw him off. He's going to run through some weird gravity field. He's going to be like, like, what the dead? Like, come on. It's not that hard. It's it's comic books. It's superheroes. They can make up whatever they want, right? Well, the Green Lantern harnesses this power. And what we've done is, is we've come up with multi-laser devices that will split his power into two making it weaker. And you're like, how are you going to do that? Well, it cuts through to another realm. Who cares? (laughs) You know what I mean? Who cares? Uh, This is where Amanda Waller comes in. She has to have some kind of tech that can help the characters we can use. (laughs) Flash can predict the future. Do they do that? And is that is that a part of his story every time, or or have some of his stories done where he can predict the future? Like he actually exceeds beyond just being fast, but he can actually see into the future. Like I know he can like go through walls and stuff, but um, <laughs> uh, sorry. I got an email about something that's just funny to me. Lona has spent many nights plotting how he would kill the Justice League, I can tell. Yeah, I think, listen, listen. I feel like villains in superhero games, they always go about it all wrong, okay? All you gotta do is find out where these guys go to the bathroom or where they sleep, and it's over, right? That's all you gotta do. You just gotta dress up like a little old lady and just like, like keep your ears open. Like, oh yeah, I heard the Flash lives on such and such street. You just kind of hang out there for a while, right? And you see him go into an apartment building. You're like, all right. You go in there and you find out. Oh, he lives in 17B. Okay, no problem. And later that night, you pick his lock and he's in there asleep. Grand opening, grand closing. Breaking news this morning: as the Flash was found dead, is in a part in his apartment. <laughs> Nobody knew he was a raging alcoholic. You know what I'm saying? This dude's on a bender, and you just catch him sleeping. It's that easy. Batman dies taking a dump, you know? All you gotta do is give Batman, like, a bad burrito, and you can kill him. It's that easy. He would never see it coming. He'd be like, well, my suit can withstand all these bullets. I thought of everything. And he's like, oh, I got bubble guts, you know? And he runs to a portajon. and he just blow up the portajon. He's dead. 
you know, it's everybody, everybody thinks too grandiose. There's easier ways to kill a superhero, you know? One bad burrito. <laughs> uh, how did finding out where Bruce Lewis lived work for Travolta and Pulp Fiction? <laughs> Funny enough, he died on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Horg with eight months. Lono's a villain mastermind. I knew he was pure evil. Lord Horg, if if that is a membership that you're paying for, you're gonna want to bump up to the six dollar instead of the five dollar. You may be on the gifted. Somebody may have gifted you today. I'm not sure, but anybody paying for their own membership, there's about two hundred of you left that haven't bumped up. If you bump up for that dollar, you get into the writers' room and streams with Madam. We've now divided it. Like writers' room and streams with Madam are for six and up. Everything else is for the $5 tier. Community game nights you can get into with the gifted. The Discord you can get into with the gifted. So we've just made that dividing line. Vincent Vega. Yeah, they did Vincent Vega dirty, dude. Well, I'll teach him. You know? I'll teach him. Bruce almost died because he wanted a Pop-Tart. I mean, brown sugar Pop-Tarts are hard to resist. It's hard to blame him. Batman probably has tech that lets him crap in the suit and converts it into something. <laughs> yeah, Batman has a modium in the in the utility belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never thought of the bat suit having a bat diaper. Batman's thought of everything. He's like, oh, I got bubble guts. And he like makes a funny face. And you're like, what are you doing? Just give me a second. Oh, just, just, I'm almost, okay. All right. Anyway. You will not get away with this, Joker. (laughs) Pete Holmes needs to do that skit. He needs to do that skit. (laughs) That's good. It's disgusting, but it's funny. It's right up Pete Holmes' alley. Uh. (laughs) I think the whole gaming thing is a front for Lono to start Legion of Doom. I mean, you know, we, yeah, we're, we're, we're hoping to, to get there for sure. <laughs> the, that feeling when you find out what the Batarangs are made out of, that's right. It's making a bat boom boom. You're describing full-on seasons for taking down certain heroes. We just spent seven weeks in D2 getting four eggs for that crusty dragon, Riven. Same could be done to add seasons to Suicide Squad. That's, see, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. For sure. For sure. Wait, what's Kevin George saying, Dirge? You're saying that's demonstrably false. Oh, false. Brown sugar is the worst Pop-Tart. Let's discuss. Listen. Kevin, there are certain things that I, like, let go when people type into my chat. This is not one of those things, okay? There will be no slander of the brown sugar Pop-Tart. Do you understand me, right? I get called all kinds of names, but this, this is different. We will not tolerate that here, okay? (laughs) A civil war in chat over brown sugar pop tart. I eat them cold. I mean, I used to eat them cold in high school. I'd get them out of the snack machine in the in uh, the vending machine in the in the uh, in the cafeteria. That was my breakfast. 
if I had this for breakfast now, it would put me in the hospital. But as a teenager, I was like, look, bro, I'm hungry, and I got $2 in my pocket, and I can get brown sugar Pop-Tarts and a Dr. Pepper, and I'm good to go. And then walking to lunch, I'm sugar crashing. So whatever they had was the greatest food in the world, even though it was you know, mostly garbage. But yeah, if I did that now, I'd be like... I, I'd have to, I would have to go to the hospital. They're like, what'd you do? Well, I was just going down memory lane, you know? I had a brown sugar Pop-Tart and a Dr. Pepper. And they'd be like, what the f- is the matter with you? You're in your 40s. You know better than this. <laughs> they would scold me and send me home. <laughs> what is the matter with you? You're 42 years old. You can't eat like that. I don't know, Lono. I remember when you ate a, uh, a burger upside down. It was very illegal to everyone who witnessed it. Listen, that's not the same at all, ADJC. You're an apple toaster strudel kind of guy. <laughs> oh. All right, all right. Let's get things back on track here. We, we, got, we got about 15 minutes before we're going to go to the, uh, the members-only Q&A, all right? You're in excellent shape. Yeah, round is a shape, Broken Lobo. So, I, I've not seen pictures, but that that is a shape. Suede gets a gifted member from my man, Skatenator. Good to see you, Skatenator, keeping the member train going. Appreciate that so, so much. Um, Right now, if you're typing in my chat, I want to know, First, I want to know if you've pushed the like button yet. All right, push that like button. We need 50 more likes. Let's hit 300 likes, okay? The second thing I want to know is, are you playing this game day one? Like, are you like, no, I'm playing. I'm playing day one. I'm diving in. I'm playing. Uh Uh-oh, they found the fountain of youth. Pop-Tarts are poor (laughs) man. So battle passes, if you don't get everything within a certain time period, do you get all the items? Oh, you don't get the items. I've heard different things. I don't know how battle passes are going to function in Kill the Justice League, Russell Stewart. I don't know. I do not know. We shall see. I'm seeing a lot of no's. I'm seeing a yes, no. No, wait and see. AOZ says do a poll. You guys want to do a poll? Let's do a quick poll. I won't leave it up for very long, all right? Uh, kill the Justice League. Day one. Wait and see. Not interested. There's your options. I want to know. Day one. Wait and see. Not interested. Suicide Squad. Kill the Justice League. Very simple poll at the top of the chat. Take that poll. Let me give you guys a very quick update on the uh, on the member count why you guys are doing that. what is this uh, initiative to take part and bring the future to life what, what is this how do I get involved what do you want me to do what do you want me to do I agree that's fine uh, that is all fine yeah that's that's perfect uh, I'm that uh, yeah I'm postgraduate I'm that yeah this survey is going to take a minute uh the look i'm going to look at the poll in just a second let me go ahead and go here we are currently at 2324 
you guys can get 75 more members a day, which would be, let's just shoot for 100 members. If you guys get 100 total members a day, plus my 20, you will be less than 100 away from the goal that we've got. We've got a 2,500 member goal for this month for an extra community game night this week. Are you the parent of somebody this age? No, I am not. I'm going to get dismissed out of this. Are you connected to this in any of the following ways? A work, a work, a close, no. Um, this is going to take a minute. Do you currently work or connected with any of the following places? No. Um, all right, right now, right now, the winning vote, the winning vote on the poll with 125 votes is wait and see. It's actually tied with not interested. So about half of you are going to wait and see, and about half of you are going to say, I'm not interested at all. Uh, are in English. How comfortable are you feeling reading and providing detailed in English? I'm not very comfortable with English. No, I'm very comfortable with English. That's totally fine. Uh, hang on. I need to turn off this freaking dark mode. Can't see anything. Oh, gosh. Uh, please let us know the devices you have. I have that. I have that. I have I have both. Yeah. Uh, which assistive uh, do you use? Uh, I don't use any of this. No, 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 no. Hearing aid, no. Visual aids, no. None. Um, what's a survey for? For like research at YouTube, which video apps do you currently use? I've used kind of all of them. Yeah, those four. What type of activities do you engage most with on YouTube chat? I actually do all of it. I consume it and I watch it. What motivates you to create your content? I'm just goofing around, you know? (laughs) I'm just goofing around, you know? Just taking it easy. (laughs) All right, let's take a look at the poll. 155 of you have voted on the poll. Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, Wait and See has actually pulled ahead at 49%. What is the name? of your main YouTube channel. Uh, Gardening with Gary is is the name of the main YouTube channel. You guys are like, what? He has got an alternate identity? Uh, you can find it by clicking here. Uh-huh. You want my channel ID. Next. Which of the following opinions best describes the type of content you typically create? Longer. I actually do both. I do both, baby. What's the topic of your content? Gaming and religion. I'm kidding. How experienced are you using Gen AI tools? Not at all. Friggum. Uh, in general, how do you feel about Gen AI, uh, Gen AI creation tools? Uh, I'm neutral right now. I think they're going to kill us all, but that's okay. Thank you for taking the time to take the survey. Great. Great. I can't wait for them to launch whatever AI tool set that they're thinking about launching for YouTube. I can't wait. We're all we we're uh, we are all dead in less than 10 years and it'll be AI that did it. Okay, so judging by the poll at the top of the chat, okay, 174 votes out of there's 465 people here. Guys, do me a favor, if you are taking the poll, take the second that you took the poll and take that same second and Make sure you smash that like button. That actually helps out this video. It'll find more people when you do that, especially if you've enjoyed the show and you're like, hey man, I, I, I actually thought this was a good episode of content. Well, smash the like button. It's already in beta, for sure. For sure. 
Hey, we've not talked about this yet today. Why you guys are taking that poll and we're getting ready to switch to the members only Q&A. Uh, it's a great opportunity for you to sample the content. I haven't had this in the frame yet today, but a bunch of people ordered some coffee yesterday. I printed the orders this morning and they will go out either today. Uh, yeah, no, they will go out today. Uh, they'll be able to, my, my family will be able to take it out today. They're going to be doing some stuff. So, if you head over to reforgeroast.com, it's a great opportunity to support what we do here and get some coffee in the process. If you're a coffee drinker, we have a light roast, a dark roast, and a medium roast. You can get all three in a bundle. They also have the flavor pro- profiles on here of all three. If you've never had coffee with balanced acidity before, you should try our coffee. All of our coffee features both balanced and low acidity which makes it very easy on your stomach but also it makes it very smooth to drink no bitterness pairs very well with creamers uh it's great if you just drink it dark with nothing in it if you drink it black uh also people do cold brew with it uh ice brews stuff like that so 51 percent of you roughly 200 people have taken the poll and about half of you have said wait and see i think that again it gives me hope right like I read through the previews and then did you guys see this thing on Twitter the release the NDA thing or I'm sorry lift the NDA I'm curious what you guys think about this I didn't draw too much attention to this but I'm going to draw a little bit of attention to it now in a good way in a good way all right let me pull this op- open here wait no that's the wrong room uh here it is so I follow um, I follow Dev Walker. I'm sorry, Dell Walker. I follow Dell Walker on uh, on Twitter, and this is what he tweeted. He tweeted this yesterday at 12:43. This was in the wake of all of the. Um, this was in the wake of the the previews going out. Lift the NDA is what he says. Now, Del Walker is a senior character artist at Naughty Dog, and he was previously at both Respawn and Rocksteady. So the guy's got a really, really good history of, of studios that he's worked with here. And everybody below is basically saying how it would help, right? It would help so much because we have people who got to play that can't shoot the Flash. Meanwhile, us fans that played the Alpha and have nothing but positive to say can't say anything. You see, we got a lot of people down here. Lift the NDA. As someone under the NDA who is dying out here defending the game like I'm a dev because I've seen the light, lift the NDA. It'll make it easier if I can openly say why I liked it. Now, this guy, I don't understand why this guy's saying this. Looks like IGN broke NDA according to a few tweets I've seen regarding their preview article. Yikes. So, I'm not sure if, you know, if the IGN preview maybe they talked about too much or something i don't know i don't know the details of the nda because i wasn't a part of it right so i'm going to close the poll at 213 votes it's encouraging to me that most of you you know half of you are like you know i'm going to wait and see so your attitude of wait and see even some of the negative previews attitude was like it could get better at launch i want more time with it some of the articles were just like it didn't really hook me but we didn't have enough time with it you know even destin from ign was like it was kind of rushed you know the preview event felt rushed well i'm curious if you know this lift the nda is coming from people that are like yeah, you know, the game is actually pretty good. I, you know, these previews aren't doing it justice. 
we need to see what the people who have been playing like the guy said like we're, we're hearing from previews who couldn't shoot the flash you know what I'm saying and and you know what I'm saying I, I think I you know I think that it makes sense that people are like dude let us talk about the game lift the NDA I don't think I've ever seen this before by the way I don't think I've ever seen this like hey this this game's not getting a fair deal in the previews let those of us who have played it talk <clears throat> Wait and see is my answer to every game now and forever, says Hilly. All right, well, in the spirit of doing the poll, uh, gaming AMA, we like to spend the last 30 minutes of the stream doing a members-only AMA. So we're going to switch the chat to members-only, and this is now something that you benefit from. If you got a gifted membership, this is just basically a taste, a sampling of what like a members-only stream can kind of be like. You can also get into our Discord. Right now, if you guys want to push, if we hit 100 members today, you're going to make it really easy to hit 2,500 before Friday. So if you guys want to push and gift a bunch more members, I actually owe you guys five members, so I'm going to do that now. Right? I'm going to do that now and pull five more people in so that they can be a part of this Q&A session. If you guys bump it to 50, I will owe five more, and we can just keep it going and get more people in here and get more people in the discord so you guys can use the q a at the top of the chat that is members only perk that you can cash in right now and ask me a question basically anything about gaming this is sort of a gaming ama uh we've kind of run the gamut on the topic it's difficult to go longer than you know about an hour and a half on game previews of a game that's not out yet but i thought it was a good discussion i really enjoyed it I enjoyed talking about live service and expectations and, you know, why games may or may not be for you. I've uh, I've enjoyed that. So we've got five more people now that can join us in that. The Italian, uh, Albania, Metal 9R, and Rising Alex. Eugene says, like I said, I feel like that poll distribution is properly common to most games. What do you mean by that, Eugene? You feel like most people are going to give it a shot or they're going to wait and then there's like a small there's like a smaller portion or maybe a slice of the of the community that's like never Bolton says Lono please do you think Fallout 3 remastered will be shown next week I don't have any predictions to make about Fallout remastered right DK Beggar gives another member and bumps a line to 33 gives another person an opportunity to come in here thank you so much for doing that DK Beggar um I just, I don't have any inside track. I've not seen anything. I've not heard anything about this. Oh, we're going to be getting Fallout remastered, Fallout 3 remastered, or uh, we're an Oblivion remake or any of that. I just, I've not heard or seen anything. I really haven't. And so it's like, I don't, I don't know if, if they're going to say, you know, let's start going back through the old Rolodex here. Let's start doing stuff. You know, I, I just don't know. I, in my in my mind, cashing in on some of those older games and bringing them up to snuff, I like it. I really, really do. I, but there are a lot of people that don't. I like bringing up games to modern, modern, you know, fidelity and performance. I'm I'm all for that if the game's old enough or popular enough. Yo, good morning, King Salty. How are you? Well, he asks specifically about Fallout 3. Let me go to the questions room again. 
He says, do you think Fallout 3 Remaster will be shown next week? I don't know. Next question. If you guys want to submit questions, use that Q&A, and that is available to members only right now. EDM Wolf says, do you think NDAs are potentially causing some games to fail upon release, or is it a good idea to keep the game in suspense? Um... It really depends because I think it's important to have people sign NDAs sometimes because maybe they're playing the game and it's a tech test or an alpha and you don't want them running out to the public with gameplay and saying, look at how buggy, look at how glitchy, look at how bad. Well, that's not a representation of the product, is it? Some of the times you have NDAs in place is because you're letting people play a version of the game that's really rough around the edges. Does that make sense? You have a small portion of early adopters, day one says Eugene, then a large portion of wait and see, and then a large portion of not interested at all. It shakes out that way for almost everything, says Eugene. Games, movies, tech, any consumer product, really. So I don't necessarily think that like NDAs are causing games to fail or not get good reception. I don't I don't think that at all. I think in a, in a very very general sense, I think NDAs are are necessary because like you've got to protect the property. You can't have like somebody like, "Yeah, I played that game and it's trash." And they played a tech test. You know? And Creature's reminding all of the members, which if you're not in the Discord yet, you can't take advantage of this, but all members have access to a Gaming Ask Lono. This is a very different thing than what we're doing right now. That's designed for the Discord. You can submit a more lengthy question designed to potentially turn into a video like the Borderlands 4 video that we did. That was from a Lone Wolf, a question from Lone Wolf. So another great reason to be in the Discord, and that is something that you have access to as a member. So... We gift tons of members here. I gifted well over 4,000 members to the channel last year alone, giving that many people an opportunity to either continue enjoying our content or, uh, or sample or sample more. Let me go to another question here on the back end. Zach Johnson says, What upcoming multi-platform game will you think you have to play on PC over console or vice versa? I don't... I don't think I've ever had to take a multi-platform game and go to PC. Jedi Survivor runs better on my PS5 than I've seen reports of the PC performance. Um, Starfield wasn't multi-platform. Hellblade 2 is not multi-platform. Hellblade 2 is the one game this year that I think I'll have to retreat to PC for if I want 60 FPS. I mean, as far as multi-platforms coming this year, I've not seen any where I think, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to have to retreat to my PC. My PC is a 2080 Ti rig. Like, you know, the odds are most multi-platform games are going to hit the performance that I want on my PlayStation 5 or my Series X. Sometimes I wait and I'm like, does the game run better on the Series X or the PS5? I've been, you know, lately, that's not been a hard decision to make because lately a lot of the breakdowns of multi-plat games, they end up running better on the PS5 and that's becoming my primary place where I play games. How is Starfield not multi-platform? Okay, Jake, you have a red badge, and you've been around long enough to know that when someone says multi-platform, they are not referring to a game like Starfield that lands on Xbox and PC. You know that, right? Multi-plat 
is a colloquialism within gaming that communicates this game is on the PlayStation. It is on the Xbox. It is on PC. You know that, right? Like, we don't need to get pedantic about multi-platform. Right? You didn't fall off the turnip truck and decide to start watching gaming content today, did you? Like, what? how is Starfield not multi-platform, doggone it? You know that when someone says multi-plat, they're using a term. It's gaming vernacular, right? Do we need to waste time on this every time someone says this to be like, yes, Starfield is on both PC and Xbox, but it's not considered a multi-plat title. Do we really need to do this every time? I mean, I guess I could just create a dry erase board or like a flashcard so that anytime somebody does this, I could just hold it up and walk away for two minutes. Like, come on, man. It's just not conducive to the conversation. So we have two meanings? No. We we don't have two meanings. No. Multi-platform means it's a multi-platform game. Because we view the consoles as platforms. Alright? People don't really view PC as a platform in that delineation because Helldivers 2, as an example, is launching on PC and PlayStation 5 day one. But if you referred to it as a multi-plat game, you would be saying something that is confusing because people would be like, how is it a multi-platform game? I can't play it on my Xbox. It's on multiple platforms, just not Sony. Got it? See what I mean? You're being persnickety and pedantic for no reason. As I just referenced a PlayStation title, nobody would refer to Helldivers 2 as multi-platform. Why? It's... I'm not insulting you. It's stupid to say it. It's stupid because you know you're saying something ignorant. That's what makes it stupid. It's like, you know what you're saying is ignorant. It's ignorant. Like, when we say multi-platform... We're talking about a game that hits all the platforms. When a game hits the platform publisher and PC, we don't call it multi-platform. We don't do that. You would? That Okay. So when you push back against commonly used vernacular or colloquialisms within a community and you're like, yeah, I don't talk that way. What you're doing is ignorant, and you know it's ignorant, which makes it worse. You know what you're doing lets you be like, well, actually, I say say multi-platform because it's actually on two platforms. No one cares about that. You're not saying something with the goal of communicating clearly. You're saying something with the goal to start a worthless argument. You're not trying to communicate clearly. You're trying to be pedantic. It's like, I'm just going to argue for the sake of argument's sake. Well, that's actually multi-platform because it's on two platforms. No one talks like that. We all know what multi-platform means. It's, It's like when you say that I went into the interview blind. You you put on a blindfold? No. No. That... That has meaning determined by the context of the usage. The meaning of multi-platform defined by the context of the usage. It's used in, in environments where we're referring to multiple platforms of release, not Xbox and PC. 
like like I said, nobody's going to refer to Helldivers 2 as multi-platform because it's confusing. It's hitting PlayStation 5 and PC day one, but it's not a multi-platform game because that's confusing within the usage of the term. Oh, and Eugene just looked up the multiple. In common usage in in the US, multiple means more than three. One refers to a single occurrence, a couple of times refers to two, a few usually means three, while multiple means many times. So, if you want to get pedantic about words and definitions, you're not even using the word multiple correctly. So, Within the realm of being pedantic and persnickety about words and definitions, you're not even doing that. You're not. You're creating your own definition of multiple. As, as has been expressed by common vernacular in the English language, we say a single, a couple, a few, multiple. If I tell you he had a single instance of tripping and falling down, there, he fell down a couple of times. You're like, oh, he fell down like twice. He fell down a few times. That's like three. He fell down multiple times. You're, you're saying he fell down twice? N- no, I would have said he fell down a couple of times. When you say somebody fell down multiple times, it's more than two. So even within what you're trying to do, I just don't think it works. It doesn't. Nobody talks like this. Several, multiple indicates far more than two. Almost every time it's used, he was in multiple accidents. Man, I can't believe he got in two accidents. If I if I want to say he was in two accidents, I would say he was in a couple of accidents. I just that that, that commonly gets brought up, and it's like I, there's no point to the discussion. It's so silly. No one talks that way, and for good reason. It's it's. It's disruptive to good conversation, and it's not even how language works. Nine months from Bradley says, "Take notes, chat." Bradley, I feel like you're you're if if you're paying for your own membership, you might want to bump up. I can't remember if you are or not. If you're if you're on a gifted, don't it disregard what I'm saying. But some people are still paying for their own membership, and they haven't bumped up from five to six. I just don't want you to miss out on all the content that we're doing now. We're doing more stuff. Um. Lone Wolf says, you don't have to read this out loud. Please treat my 10-bomb as a payout of our bet early. I think I just want to try and enjoy the lead-up to the trailer next week in the eventual release. Love you. Oh, oh, oh. You're you're bowing out of the avowed bet, Lone Wolf? Are you? Are you scared? Are you scared? I think you're scared. I think you know I'm right. (laughs) I accept your apology. Hey, it's Ollie says, if you could remake one game the way you wanted it and create, what game would you remake? Uh, Super Metroid. Probably Super Metroid. Yeah. I, I would love for that to be like, just like an amazingly fun, awesome, you know, Metroidvania game. I would. It'd be really, really fun. Feels a bit silly, as you would call Starfield and Hi-Fi Rush Xbox exclusives, but then a game like Helldivers, Final Fantasy, some Sony, and Sheepload of uh, multi-platform. But I'm not calling them multi-platform. Great choice. Yeah. Yeah, I would love it. I would love Super Metroid to be completely remade and give it like 
the graphical fidelity of Ori. You know? I would love that. Um... Uh, 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 uh. Stone Spire didn't Phil say something about doing stuff with their old property in an interview he said they were going to look into it because he loves the idea of regularly doing it Stone Spire for sure here's the issue okay here's the issue there are a bunch of us that are like I'm not in this camp but there are people that are like Jack and Daxter you know for Playstation and then for Xbox they're like Banjo Kazooie I, I hate to tell you this. No one gives a frick about Banjo-Kazooie, okay? <laughs> I'm just here to break the news to you. No one cares about Banjo-Kazooie. You care, right? A, a, lot, a lot of the people here care. The gaming world at large, they're like, Banjo-Who? <laughs> Huh? Who? Banjo who? (laughs) Like, I think a lot of people, they look back at some of those classics, and they're like, yo, bro, I can't wait. They need to remake those games. Listen to me, man. I'm telling you, the gaming world at large is like, I don't know what that is. Like, the demand for those games, I think, are probably pretty small. I1 says, I was agreeing with you, Lono. People seem to call titles exclusives and multi-platform based on their feeling, and not that PC is more like an everything plays. Right, right. We don't view PC as a platform because there's not like a company that you go to to say, hey, where do you guys have any first-party exclusives coming out? Like, I mean, I guess you could go to Valve and do that, but they're like, we're not making a third game of anything. You know, they won't make Portal 3 or Half-Life 3 or who knows? But yes, I, yeah, I, I I understand what you're saying. You he wasn't saying. I think Eugene was saying wow to what you said. I don't think he was saying he meant that he believed that Eugene. I think he was saying there are people that that's what they argue. What about Conquer? He was in Smash, so that counts for something. Listen, I am open to being 100% wrong on this, but I don't think you're going to see any Jack and Daxter, and I don't think you're going to see any Banjo-Kazooie. Do you want to know why? Because there's no demand for them. That's why. Now, they might do it as like a fun little project. Maybe that's how they get away with it. Maybe they get away with it because they're like, look, we can remake Banjo-Kazooie for, you know, $500,000, you know? Small team can take care of that. They can crank that out in six months, you know? not a very big game so I'm not saying that it won't happen I'm just saying I would not put a lot of stock into some of those older games getting any love or any treatment I'm just I'm not I'm not I'm not confident that there's demand for them They're, they're just I don't think people are aware of them anymore gaming world is just so big now I think that's just a a a good reminder it's just it's just a really really good reminder that we are incredibly in the minority on a lot of these things. So, um, if they could make a banjo game for fifty million, they'd be okay. Those are the kind of games you shadow drop, right? You just wasn't on the rare collection. 
but that's what I mean. Like, how was the rare collection some big watershed moment? Like, did it do a lot? Did it sell a lot? Was it super popular? I just don't know because, again, I think my older brother and I just geeked out and we loved the rare collection. I I, I worry that we're not the common we're not the common uh, player. You know what I mean? We're not the common player. Oh, that's what you were wowing. He said. This place is turning into a crap show. It breaks my heart. Make Lono great again. Six years of hanging out and it's about done. Well, I don't understand why you would hang out for six years and think that being pedantic would be met with, what do you think I'm going to do? Are you familiar with my personality type? My my tenacity, my rigidity within argumentation, my absolute... I have zero tolerance for argumentative fallacies or bad faith takes. I don't tolerate that stuff. It's it's a I find it to be annoying. I find it to be a nuisance. And and you think that you were going to say what you said? Now it's gonna be like you're you're absolutely right. I we I've, we're all dumb. We're all using the wrong terms. I mean, it's generally accepted within the gaming world, gaming's media, game review outlets, YouTubers, and, you know, Reddit, 4chan, Discord, basically anybody where they talk about games. When they say multi-plat, this is what they mean. But, yeah, let's go with your definition. I don't understand. And, and, let me help you out. I don't need to be made great again. I'm great right now, baby. And if you don't like what I'm doing, you can take a walk. And I will never turn around and say, I really miss the guy that took a cheap shot at me. I wish he was still here taking cheap shots. I won't. Won't spend a minute of thought about you, brother. You can contribute to the conversation, be a part of what we do. But if that's what you think of me, you won't be missed. Next question. Enjoy says, prediction for when the PlayStation Showcase will happen and if there will be one. A lot of smoke around that right now, that there'll be a state of play very soon. A lot of smoke around that right now. I would say probably the week of the 22nd to the 26th. Right? I would say 22nd to the 26th, you could see them do it. I don't think they're going to want to do it the same week as the developer direct. But I also don't know if they're going to want to stay totally quiet in January when they can walk out and say, like, basically their state of play could just be the blog post that they just did. You know that blog post with, like, all those games that are coming and, like, all those dates? Honestly... They could just do a state of play about the first quarter of the year. Last of Us, Last of Us Two Remastered, which is well, they would basically promote that it's out. It would, it'll already be out because it lands on the 18th. Last of Us Two Remastered, Helldivers Two, Rise of the Ronin, and isn't there something else in the first quarter they could talk about? I can't remember. But like they could just do that, and like that would be a pretty good state of play. Like you just put all those games on everybody's radar. You show some gameplay, you know, you promote the release date. That's all they really got to do right now. I mean, their blog post was basically a bunch of games and a lot, and some of them were, were a lot of them aren't even first, first party. 
It's like first party, second party, third party. Like PlayStation just doesn't care to drill down on the first party thing anymore. They don't really have to. Liquid Smoke says, what did he mean this place is turning into a crap show? I've been watching for five years. Must be watching two different streams. I'll tell you why he said that. I'll tell you why. Because there are people that come here and they really like Xbox. And my dissatisfaction with Xbox has been internalized as this place is now appealing to a crowd that's mean and unkind. Right? They can't divorce the idea of like, they still like Xbox. Lono doesn't like what they've been doing. So this place is, you know, is going to hell is, is essentially what they're doing. I've seen comments, I've seen screenshots from people who have been here a really long time hanging out in other communities being like, I barely watch now. The show has gone downhill. I'm sorry that you've so internalized your love for a brand that my criticism of it means you think that the content's suffering. If that's how you consume content, you're never going to get along here because I cover everything. I cover Xbox, I cover PlayStation, I cover Nintendo. And if I don't like something, I'm going to be critical of it. And if that's all it takes for you to be like, yo, the show is going downhill, I am not going to bend the show to you. I'm not going to. I never will be beholden to a brand. It's why I had no problem being like, Rise of the Ronin looks kind of bad. I didn't care that there were PlayStation guys that got upset by that. I didn't care about that. I don't care. Can't watch that guy anymore, man. He said, Rise of the Ronin looks bad. That, that doesn't matter to me. It doesn't. I think a show and a content creator and, you know, a, a person that sits down and talks is far more interesting when you know you're going to hear what they think instead of what they think the audience wants to hear. I think it's far more interesting. Like, I, like, I've stopped watching certain people because of that, because it's like, I'm not hearing what you think. I'm hearing what you think your audience wants to hear, and that's not interesting. I was okay until that one day Lono insulted Sadia. Now, sorry, I missed Mash's 5-bomb. A 5-bomb from Mash takes us to 38, getting us really, really close to another day of 50 members. 12 members away from 50. So thank you, Mash, for doing that. I just, I'm just, I'm not going to stand for that. Like, if you want to be a member of this community and you want to be here and you got a badge and you're in the Discord, great, man. We want you here. But, like, I won't stand for passive, like, swipes and, like, There's a difference between coming here and saying, I don't agree with what you're saying and being critical of me as a person or the content. If you can't divide those categorically, we'll help you do that. It'll be real easy to help you do that. There's a giant difference between saying, I don't agree with you. I love this game or I think this is going to be awesome. And I'm like, I don't think so. That's called disagreement and discourse. Coming in and saying, the show has gone to crap. Lono's lost his way. I don't think you're making good content anymore. That's not why I create content. I don't create content to have a committee meeting with you about whether or not my content's good or not. That's not what we do here. The topic of conversation today is kill the Justice League previews, not whether or not you think Reforge Gaming is doing a good job. 
Go create your own channel in Discord if that's what you want to talk about. Plenty of people are already doing it. Go ahead. <laughs> like, I don't... That's not a topic of conversation that we're going to have here. It just isn't. And we have a writer's room for planning and strategizing and thinking through content philosophy. That's something that we do. And I'm open to input and criticism in there. We've made changes according to feedback from the community. But that's not the same as taking a cheap shot and insulting me. You have to see the difference. And if you can't see the difference and you're going to run to the hills and say, oh, he bans people for disagreeing with them, then you're probably just too juvenile to have an adult conversation about this and see that there's a difference between taking a passive swipe at somebody and insulting them and disagreeing with them. And if you're unable to see the difference, then I could understand why you don't like the show anymore. I liked Forspoken. Lono didn't, and I'm still here. Yeah, I was really critical of Forspoken. I that game was terrible. I played it for an hour and just made fun of it the whole time. Yeah, Kevin, there was a guy on Twitter who said he thought the graphics were bad, and it was a real-life picture of a car. Like, it was an actual photograph of a car. And he thought he was bashing Gran Turismo. Never go full, chat. (laughs) Never go full. (laughs) I like Starfield and I'm still here. That's what I mean, like... You've got to see the difference. Like, if I'm being critical of Starfield, I'm not being critical of you. People don't get that. It's like, they jump from, oh, Lono's being critical of Xbox again, Lono's being critical of Starfield again, and then they become critical of me. All you're doing is self-reporting. You're self-reporting on yourself. Why is it personal? Like, I'm not saying, yeah, man, user 2250 is just an idiot. He doesn't know good games. No, I'm saying, I I think the game's boring. I think the game's lame. I think it got the score it deserved. Like, and you internalize that. and You're like, well, I like the game or I'm enjoying the game. So now I'm upset and offended. And it's like, you have got to divorce those two things. Or you're always going to think every content creator in existence is going to ruffle your feathers. And if they never ruffle your feathers, I don't find those conversations to be all that interesting. And I don't think you do either. I think it's why a lot of you watch me because you're like, we're going to get it straight here. We're going to get exactly what he thinks. We're not going to get some fluff PR speak. We're going to get what he thinks. Like it, hate it, love it. You're going to know exactly what I think of something. And if if you like something that I'm critical of, you, you cannot internalize that and take it personal because that's what you do is you turn around and say, yep, this show's gone to crap. Lono doesn't know what he's talking about. Lono's an idiot. Like, now you're making it personal about something that isn't personal. It's a video game that I'm being critical of or a platform that I'm being critical of. And that's not worthy of a, of a, of a personal response. It simply isn't. Did my question get through? I'm going to leave the Q&A open and I will answer these questions I will answer these questions in the uh, in the members only writers room that we're about to go to. Uh, I am setting up the premiere right now. I have a premiere today about Indiana Jones. We are hearing that Indiana Jones is coming in 2024, and I think that's crazy, and I think it's a cause for concern. 
So, if you guys would like, I'm going to keep this Q&A room open, okay? But I'm also going to provide you with a link. I'm going to provide you with a link to the video. I like I I basically looked at the history of this game, everything we've heard about Indiana Jones, and I'm like I simply can't fathom how this game is coming out this year, all right? So that's what the video is about. I, I don't know how they did it. I'm sort of dovetailing it and pairing it with some of my concerns about Hellblade 2. I just I don't understand how games are having such small dev cycles. I genuinely don't I don't get it. It seems crazy to me. So we're going to head over to that premiere now. I'm going to save your questions. I'm going to save your questions. Is it first person or third person? Nick, I answer that in the video. So click the link in the chat. And thank you guys for hitting 300 likes on this video. Give me some likes on the new video when we get over there. It's premiering in like 60 seconds. If you guys want to keep gifting members, I'll honor that over there. So if we get 12 more over there, I'll gift another five. We could pull another 17 people or so into the community. So let's head over and see why I'm worried about Indiana Jones launching this year. And I'm, I'm concerned. Let's go see what's going on with the game.